This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, we're going to have a fun show today because I am at the F1 race in Las Vegas. Now, this whole thing started, I got to tell you, because I bumped into a guy at Barrett Jackson last year. And one of the questions people ask, you know, is like, so what do you do? Uh, where are you from? And all this. And then it gets to the point, you going to the F1 race in Vegas later this year? And I go, I don't know. He goes, well, you know, uh, I'm going, maybe you go with me. And I go, what do you do? Oh, I work for Hilton Grand Vacations. And I'm like, oh, what has that got to do with anything? And then he tells me and we become friends and here I am. Sitting next to me is the CEO, Mark Wang of Hilton Grand Vacations. And I'm here. Well, first of all, thank you, Mark, for bringing me out here. But, you know, wowzer. That's all I can say. What you guys have done here is beyond what you would think a hotel group would do. And I, I don't even know how to explain what you guys are doing. I heard that Hilton Grand Vacations actually does as many as 4,000 events a year. Yeah, no, Alan, we're, we're extremely excited about this week. And uh, you're right, we're a hospitality company. We're a vacation ownership business. We've got close to 700,000 members. And, uh, you know, we're going to do about 4,000 events this year alone. And you know, hospitality has always been in our DNA, right? We've always had this spirit of hospitality, but we've been building on this spirit of experiences because you need more than hospitality to differentiate yourself. And people are looking for that connection. And for us to connect our customers to our brand, you know, these experiences are super important. And uh, we're very excited to now bring F1 as part of our experience. And this is something that's really just started about a year ago when uh, Formula One came to town and said, you know, they're going to create an amazing world-class event here. And, and they sure have. Well, it's funny because, you know, just in our commercial break before the show started, I was asking Mark about, uh, you know, how much of a car guy is he? You know, who, these, you know, these CEO guys, eh, that can't be a real car guy. And all of a sudden, what comes out of him? Maybe you could tell your story and, and what some of your daily drivers are. Well, yeah, I love cars. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I actually attended the last Formula One race here. It was the Caesars Grand Prix back in 1982. So I don't know that you're going to find many people that are in town this week who actually attended the last race here. And it was a, I remember, I remember the race really well. It was in October. It was hot. I remember after the race, it took them 15 to 30 minutes to get the drivers out of the car. But uh, no, I, my first Formula One experience was in Long Beach in 1979. I grew up in Southern California. A buddy of mine called me up from high school and says, hey, I got these free tickets for the Formula One race in Long Beach. I said, well, what is it? And he says, this is, oh, it's this international racing circuit. I said, well, yeah, I guess I'll go. We'll go check it out. It's a free ticket. We get to the parking lot. We get out of the cars, and I hear this noise. And it was this unbelievable sound. And I remember the hair on my arm stood straight up. I got goosebumps. And it was the sound of the cars. And the closer I got to the track, the more excited I got. And now I'm sitting here today. This is my 27th Formula One race and uh, super excited. Been all around the world. In fact, I took my wife on our honeymoon to her first Formula One race. And that was at Spa in Belgium. 
and we sat at the famous El Rouge corner, the high-speed chicane. So uh, to say I'm a Formula One fanatic, it would be maybe an understatement. I think I was an early adopter here in the U.S. That is so awesome. I have to tell you guys, I'm completely blown away by what Hilton and the Hilton Grand Vacations has done with this property it's a huge facility. It's right on this uh, Miracle Mile shopping mall. It's connected to it. But the work that they put into making this an experience for their their guests and owners, I guess you might, is that what they're called, owners? Yeah, yeah, they're our members. And, you know, we have close to 700,000 members. And we've got uh, almost 1,000 of them with us this week. And, yeah, we're very fortunate. You know, when F1 announced they were buying the land, which was right behind our property here. I was, it was really interesting. It really perked my interest. And, and then I heard that they were going to build a permanent pit facility and they were signing a 10-year agreement with F1. Well, they still hadn't laid out the track. And I'm thinking, well, they're right next door. I think we have a pretty good shot here. And the next thing you know, when the track came out, boom, we're right there on the final stretch uh, before the finish line. So we couldn't be in a better situated place for this race. And, and as you mentioned, uh, Alara by Hilton Grand Vacations and Hilton Club is our premier property in Vegas. We have over 5,000 rooms here. This property has 1,300 rooms. Amazing property. And, uh, and we built a multi-story platform, viewing platform that uh, can hold up to 800 people right along the track. And so we're going to be you know, be able to immerse our members and our guests right there. They're going to be able to see these cars coming by at, you know, over 200 miles per hour. And and for many of our guests and members, this is the first time they've ever experienced anything like this. So super, super excited. And, you know, we've had a couple days of, uh, you know, well, we had uh, qualifying last night and and, uh, it should be an interesting race later tonight. So this will be one week later. You guys will know what's going on by the time that we don't know right this moment who's going to win and what's going to happen. But I am sitting in the Alara, E-L-A-R-A, the Hilton Alara Grand Vacations Resort place that is just fantastic. CEO sitting with me. I'll be right back and talk to him more about the cars he drives. And it's, it's to me, his choices are spot on. See if you can guess. We'll be right back. Stay with us. tuned there's more of the drive with alan taylor attention business owners 3076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day there are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months they are number one the great resignation 47 million americans voluntarily left their job last year your staff are harder to find than ever before number two the clutter factor 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects no wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts number three the death of the salesman 97 percent of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today hello i'm amanda holmes I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive 
with Alan Taylor. All right, welcome back here in Las Vegas for the uh, Formula One race with uh, Hilton Grand Vacations. All I can tell you is that uh, I love these these uh, moments in life when you bump into somebody, the CEO of a big organization like this, that is a total car guy. And I, he's been to more F1 races than I have. He owns some cars. I said, can you guess when he heard that the show was brought to you by, in part by Dodge, what did you say? I said, I own a Ram TRX. I bought the uh, launch edition and, and uh, it's the first truck I've ever owned. I always wanted a truck, you know, and I was in high school, but I could never afford one. And then when I could afford one, it wasn't practical because I was in business. And then uh, a couple years ago, I said, hey, I'm going to buy a truck. And my wife said, a truck? She goes, I don't like trucks. I grew up in Texas. I didn't like guys in high school with trucks. I said, well, I don't care. I'm going to get a truck. And so I went out and bought the biggest, baddest truck I could find, a Ram TRX. And I got to tell you, I love it. I love it. It's a great truck. And then I understand she likes to drive it, too. You know, she does. You know, it's funny. Uh, you know, she said she wasn't going to even get in it. She'd never drive in it with me, nor would she ever drive it. And she's probably put as many miles on it as I have. She loves it. She thinks it's the dog's limo. So, uh, but these trucks today are amazing. So, Yeah, yeah there's no question about it. It's uh, probably, in my book, at this point in time, the most amazing truck machine ever made. Not only the horsepower, but just all the technology and the drive and the comfort and the look. It just has everything going for it. The other one that you mentioned, which I think is equally as awesome, is uh, Ford's iteration, you might say. I don't know. Well, Ford kind of came first with the Raptor. But, you know, when they talk about dinosaurs, Raptors and TRXs, you know, Tronosaurus Rex, you know, that goes. There's a, a battle there. But I guess you own one of those, too. Yeah. We have a place up in Colorado in the mountains. And, and I was you know, I was bringing the uh, TRX back and forth from Colorado, Florida, and then I figured out, like, look, this is this is too difficult getting these guys to transport that thing back and forth. So, I ended up buying a bright orange Raptor, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great machine too. So, <laughs> so what what other cars do you have, Mark? Well, you know, look, I've been a car guy for a long time. My wife loves Bentleys, and so she's uh, got a couple of those, and. And uh, I've got a new Aston Martin in my garage, the new uh, 707 DBX, and so super cool car. And then I got a uh, 911 turbo cab, black on black, and so, uh, yeah. Okay, so let's come back to the F1 race here and the future. It was a little bit of a, a rocky start. I was a little concerned for F1, but I think as, you know, they got past their their little bump in the road, you might say, I think that um, this is going to have... I think some long legs here in Las Vegas eventually. There was a lot of negative news and negative talk about it. But now that I'm seeing how they're dealing with it in the after effect, I think it's going to be fine. And I think that you guys are really situated well. What do you think? Look, I think uh, F1 is is made a really good investment into what I think is going to be the preeminent F1 race of the year. This race at night, under the lights is going to shine like nothing else. These cars already shine. You put lights on them, right? And you combine that with the sound and this backdrop of Vegas, it's going to be spectacular. Now look, it's going to be interesting to see how this race plays out because it's a new track and you've got some long straightaways. And interesting enough, you've got a couple of these, I would say, back stagger cars that are moved up the field. So it looks like if you have straight line speed, it's going to really help you here. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And it's interesting to see how well the two red cars did 
yesterday in, in qualifying, and, and I know there's a lot of people who love to see some red, but uh, we'll see how the, the red cars run tonight. All right, when we come back, we're going to find out, because I had no idea that Hilton Grand Vacations did events like this. And then when I heard there's 4,000 events a year around the world, I'm interested. How about you? Stay with us. We're talking to the CEO of Hilton Grand Vacations, Mark Wang. We'll be right back. Cruise up and down this road, up and down this road. I'm going to buy me a Mercury now. Cruise up and down. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Celebrating the 16th annual Subaru Share the Love event going on now through January 2nd. For every new Subaru purchased or leased during the event, Subaru will donate a minimum of $300 to charities like the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. To learn more, go to Subaru.com share. Subaru, more than a car company. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Welcome back. I am in Las Vegas for the F1 race. I know that it was last week. The reason why I thought this would be fun is because you guys that are listening to this right now know who won. You know what happened, and we don't. I'm sitting here with Mark Wang. He's the president and CEO of Hilton Grand Vacations in the Elara, which is a, a beautiful resort hotel right on the racetrack, you might say, here in Las Vegas. Beautiful happenstance for them. F1 uh, bought the property behind them, and the race goes right down in front of their hotel. And it was like, wow. And for an F1 fan like the president and CEO to be able to have that happen, that's God winking at you, Mark. Let's talk about Hilton Grand Vacations. I had no idea that you guys were doing this kind of thing. And this is kind of uh, outside the box for a big corporate, I think, and I don't know, but you're going to teach us, big corporate organization to do as many experiential events as you guys are doing, 4,000 a year. That's wild. Yeah, look, we, uh, you know, we've done really good at hospitality and, and we we're very focused on our customer and our members, right? And, and our members are, you know, they're, they're investing into our brand and they're making a big commitment into our company. And, and uh, as we looked out and we talked to our customer, the one thing that we felt that could really differentiate us from the rest is really merging the experiential side in with the spirit of hospitality that we had. And so we've been building this platform under ultimate access is what we call it. And, and like you said, we're going to do 4,000 events this year. Now, not all 4,000 are at the scale of what we're doing here with F1, but we have, uh, we do chef's tables, we do private concerts. We've had Leanne Rhymes, Cheryl Crow, Goo Goo Dolls, Boys to Men. So really top-notch entertainers and and uh, and these concerts are you know maybe a hundred to 150 people so we're able to provide our members with experiences that they're just not able to do on their own and we all know how you know it's gotten to be um, challenging in, in a way to go to concerts these days right and we're able to organize this with our scale 
our ability to contract and bring in these ambassadors to help represent our company, it really helped us. And we also do sporting events. We'll do Orlando Magic Games. We'll have an event around the Super Bowl. We'll do, you know, New York Yankee baseball games where we'll rent a box. And so we're able to put these together and, and really allow our members to immerse themselves into this entertainment. But, uh, well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because that's where I met Al, the guy that hooked me up with you, is at Barrett Jackson. And I guess you're doing something there. I mean, he. this is the kind of thing that is kind of the dream for a lot of people, these small, experiential, very intimate settings, but with some rock stars. I I saw the guy that was in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air last night. I can't think of his name, but there's actors and actresses walking around amongst the people and Paris Hilton happens to be here. So you have all these interesting opportunities that, you know, the average person may never have access to in their life. No, you're right. And it's, uh, it's great. And we will kick off the year in 2024 with the opening LPGA event of the year. And we own that tournament. It's called the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions. And so we take the top winners in the LPGA over the last two years. You have to have won to qualify. And uh, we also play simultaneous. We have a celebrity tournament where we have guys like Emmett Smith and Larry Fitzgerald and, and Schmaltz and Maddox and, and Glavin from Atlanta, all great golfers, and they love it. And they play for a $500,000 purse. And, and, so, uh, and it's televised on Golf Channel and NBC over the weekend. So we'll kick that off, and we'll have you know 1,000 members out there in uh, private hospitality suites, and they get the experience that. And, and working with the LPGA is great. The ladies, lady golfers are really engaging and, and easy to work with and, and love to engage with the fans. So for the car guys, I heard tale of something going on with NASCAR. We got F1 here. You've got, you know, properties all around the world. And I hope I'm not talking out of the box, but it seems to me like you guys are tapping into something that is lightning in a bottle in a sense, because how do you attract people to get involved with you? And maybe that's my next question. What do people do to get involved and to have access like this? Yeah, no, I tell you, it's, uh, that's what it's all about, right? It's about getting our brand out there, immersing people, and, and really giving them a better understanding of what we're about. You know, that if they become a member with us, that they get to not only experience really great hospitality and great product, we really have high quality product. Uh, our products are always at the, at the top of the industry as far as quality assurance goes. But uh, now you can uh, join a membership. You can get a membership with us and you can mingle with our brand ambassadors and, and be part of something much bigger from an experiential side. How do people do that? Website or what? Yeah. Yeah. You go to hcv.com and uh, there's plenty of information there and we'll, we'll be happy to, to get back with you. But uh, we're excited about the future, and uh, we're really excited about F1 and, and uh, what's going to transpire tonight. I know the viewers are going to hear this in a couple days, so. But I think I think Las Vegas is is going to uh, is going to really surprise people, and it's going to be it's going to turn out to be a really good outcome for everyone. That's awesome. Again, if you missed that, it was H G Hilton Grand Vacations HGV.com, and that's Mark Wang. He's the president and CEO. Thank you, Mark. Well, thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. All right. I'm going to go back out and check out the uh, other race. You guys know what happened. I don't. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Oh.
Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. All right. So now that I've been to the F1 race uh, in Las Vegas, and you know that that happened last week, I'm back in the studio. So now we know Max von Saito won the race, and BJ Colleen is here to talk about that. I didn't even oh know Max von Saito was uh, a racer. He's dead, isn't he? Yeah, he wasn't a racer. He was the one that starred in the Exorcist movie, remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Max Verstappen. Okay, Max Max Verstappen. That's right. I couldn't remember his name. Anyway, he won the race. But you live in Las Vegas or or close there anyway in the foothills above. So I thought, well, it'd be fun to talk to you about this. And you and I were, I don't know, five miles apart, but we never saw each other. Because I wasn't going down the strip. God, I love you, but not going down there. (laughs) Let me tell you, and I was, you know, thanks to the folks at Hilton's Grand Vacations and the the Alara, E-L-A-R-A, Alara, make sure I say that right. Beautiful hotel, beautiful facility, connected to the Miracle Mile shops, which to me, that was kind of cool because, you know, normally you got to go a jillion miles to find somewhere to go shopping. And man, you know, lots of nice stores and stuff. But I didn't see anybody I knew while I was there. And it's like a whole bunch of people were there. We were within a quarter mile of each other at any given time, but you could not get around. That was the biggest problem that everybody's been facing because with the repaving of the streets and setting up the grandstands and setting up all the suites, that the traffic for you know better part of four months has been a nightmare. And it's just been a, a horrible thing that the people, I mean, I would, I love the F1 racing i love it i would love it to be here just not on the strip and <laughs> oh. it's just been a nightmare for the people that had to work on the strip and i have a friend that works at the waldorf astoria and he said if it wasn't for taking his motorcycle he'd be late every day by yeah. hour yeah it, yeah it just it was crazy but you know it's and they're going to be back next year i know they signed a 10-year agreement right. and you know they had problems with the practice with the the manhole cover coming loose which kind of is a local joke because we know that that the streets in vegas have problems so everybody was making funny memes about it and things like that it's, right. it's been entertaining to follow the local vegas people but yeah you know it's a great idea just the strip was not a great idea that's yeah. that's the well you know you talk about it wasn't even a manhole cover it was a water valve cover about you know 10 inches across or however big it was and i was driving to work today and i saw the same exact thing and the, the, whatever you want to call it, the, uh, 
the flange or whatever it was sticking like two or three inches above the asphalt on the one and i thought look at that well that's what happened right there that was there was a little tiny lip and those cars have so much downforce and then they have this like suction and it probably just popped it right out and then the next car that went over it right boom it took out the bottom of that uh that ferrari yeah. so and he got penalized 10 positions too you know so it's you know it wasn't even his fault so it's it's just the streets the public streets it's a great idea but i don't think that it's the best idea for las vegas unfortunately and you know they talk about it brought over a billion dollars of income to the city which is nice but they didn't take into account that you talk to the locals that work in the casinos and fremont street was dead which never happens and the casinos were dead and the restaurants lost money. So mm, it's, mm, mm. I'd be curious to see what the impact was to the negative side offset against the impact to the positive side. So, mm. I, you know, it's just there's so much going on and there's so much propaganda around it. And it doesn't matter, honestly, whether it's the F1 race or the rodeo or whatever else it is. There's always going to be negatives along with the positives. So, you know, for those that race fans that they enjoyed it, I'll tell you one thing, though. I live close to the Henderson Private Airport. And constantly planes taking off yesterday. And every time I looked, it was another multi-million dollar plane. I drove by that airport parking lot and there was probably close to a billion and a half dollars worth of aircraft sitting on the the tarmac there. Mm. So that's the money. That's where the money was at the airports. (laughs) Tell you. So the winner of the race, Max Verstappen, was very vocal about that he did... His words were, I didn't enjoy the track. Okay. And then he also made some pretty hefty comments about if he was a fan because of that, you know, that uh, water main thing that's, there was like eight minutes of practice on the first night and it didn't even start until what was it like 10 o'clock and or whatever time it was. And then it didn't get going because they had to fix the problem in the race course until 2.30 in the morning. I had gone to bed. But Max Verstappen said something like, I would have torn the place down. I mean, this is a cocky kid, you know? Holy mackerel. Yeah. And I feel bad because he, you know, he's right about everything he said, but it's amazing that Formula One doesn't admonish him for saying all the negative things. You know, you did that in NASCAR and you get fined oh, yeah. by speaking that heavily negative about venues and people. And he said that the Vegas people didn't understand Formula One and yeah. he, he was not a fan of being here. And, and I understand that you don't disparage, you know, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. You don't disparage the, yeah. the organization that you work for. I mean, to the extent that he did. Sure, you can say one or two things. But it just at the end, it was like he did, wasn't happy. And I don't know how many fans he lost because of it. So yeah. interesting. His well, opinion. you know, I, you and I have both been to a gazillion different events and experiential events and things. The very first one of anything is going to have some, you know, what we'll call potholes in the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, this, this one had its potholes, but I think. You know, when it's all said and done, as I look back at the experience now, other than feeling like I was unable to move about the city the way normally Las Vegas, you have the ability. One of the taxi drivers gave me a thing. He says there's a $15 surcharge for the next three days on top of. So I went to the wrong hotel to begin with. I went to the Alara and I was trying to go to the the. L- whatever the L R E L A R A instead of the A R E L whatever right I went R- to the wrong yeah, yeah. right and so I had to go across the street it cost me twenty five dollars <laughs> you know to go across it's the street pretty. 
So yeah, it was a bit of a bummer. I felt a little bit, but as I look back now, it's like it's still an F1 race. It was still cooler than dang it, as Gorky Goker would say, our friend. And the sound and the the smells and the uh, of course the food was pretty darn good, but um, just the time to get away from life, in, in you know our normal lives, it just was it was it was good on one hand, but if I'm then being the critic. You know, then my critical side, I have to tell it to shut the hell up for the time being. <laughs> you know, it's like... I get it. You know, it's like, yeah, because we've both of us, you and I have done this a gazillion times and, you know, but it was the first one. So I think we give them a mulligan and see what happens next year. And, um, you know, I don't know. It was still an F1 race and it was cooler than dang it. But, uh, all right, we'll take a break. There's lots of news since this is now a little bit of regurgitation of old news. Uh, but, hey... It was a week ago. What can we say? We'll take a little break. You're listening to The Drive. Uh, BJ Colleen is here. She's going to give us some news from the auto industry. Did you guys hear about Hot Rod Magazine? BJ's got the inside scoop. We'll be right back. Stay with us. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Well, I'm Alan Taylor. It, it, it's the the driving. My little sister here, uh, BJ Colleen. I didn't get to see her. I was in her town. Didn't even get to see her because it was. You know what I look like. I know what you look like. Yes, but it was uh, it was a bit of a uh, crazy mess to be at the F1 race. But here we are. So um, I I was looking on my phone and I see earlier this week uh, one of my buddies had this this thing about Hot Rod Magazine. You want to spill the beans? Yeah, apparently Hot Rod Magazine and, believe it or not, Motor Trend Magazine mm. are going to be transitioning to quarterly issues instead of monthly issues oh starting in the spring gosh. of next year. Can you believe that? I, I thought it was probably kind of like, oh, well, now Hot Rod Magazine is going to be like a coffee table book every quarter. But now Motor Trend, too. Wow. Yep. I mean, we know that the magazines have been dying for years now yep. because of the internet came along. And uh, so it's it's crazy, but they're actually going to, you know, help with the, the rate. The annual rate's going to be $30. Mm. But if it's 50, if you get both Motor Trend and Hot Rod, and, you know, their pages have been very thin. I mean, we used to have big issues, 152 page issues when yeah. I worked there. And, it was crazy, and now you're 72, and then the paper's so thin, you, you know, you can you can see through it when you turn the pages, right. and it was crazy. It's like rice You paper. know, so it's, it's tough. It's tough fighting with the Internet, but they're going to continue to do it, and if you have a subscription, you'll still get that subscription, but it's, uh, it's, it's a different world now. It just is, Boy. Alan, and I'm glad I got out when I did. Yeah, you and I both worked at Motor Trend for a number of years, and uh, – I will say this, that I'm glad I have, I'm over here on my desk. I have a bunch of different old magazines from the fifties, Motor Trend Magazine and Hot Rod Magazine that I, I bought at a garage sale. They had put them in plastic bags 
And I think I paid, I don't know, I might have paid a buck a piece for them, which was probably a lot of money at the time. But I think those are going up because nowadays, imagine, imagine this, BJ, 25, 30 years from now when you and I are under the ground. Somebody pulls out an old cell phone out of their toolbox, you know, from the year 2023. And they're reminiscing as they turn the pages on their cell phone of Motor Trend or Hot Rod Magazine. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, that's the end of that. Wow. It basically is. But, yeah. you know, I mean, times change. You know, there are no more telephone operators. I always say that's going to be different. One ringy-dingy. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's crazy. It's just crazy. So. Wow. That's, I know. Uh, well, but here's the deal. It is a changing world. It's evolving. And, and now... When I first went to uh, Motor Trend, it was 1996, and I remember talking to C. Van Toon, who was the editor-in-chief at the time, and Matt Stone, who was, uh, I think he was a uh, managing editor or whatever. These are the guys that were running the magazine, and what year were you? Were you there in 96? I, I was there from 86 to 94. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, so when I went there, I had this idea to do a radio show, so... They kind of liked it. And so Van Toon liked to hear himself, you know. And <laughs> so he calls this guy. He says, uh, let me call Mr. Peterson. I don't know who Mr. Peterson is. I, I didn't even think of it that he was actually calling Robert E. Peterson, the founder of Hot Rod and Motor Trend Magazine. He goes, let me call Mr. Peterson and see what he thinks. I, you call whoever the hell you want. Let's just do a deal. So he says, Mr. Peterson wants to meet you. And I'm like, um, who's Mr. Peterson? He says, he's the founder. I go, Oh, you mean that Mr. <laughs> Peterson? So I go to LA and I go and I had this really, really pleasant meeting with Robert E. Peterson, who was just such a nice guy to me. I don't know what he was like. You worked for him many years before, but man, he loved the idea. So we launched motor trend radio. And that's when I got into this whole magazine industry. And, uh, it was a lot of fun, but you know, so they were just getting their website going and look at it today. You know, they have all these websites and everything. They have television shows. They had all, you know, all these things to where the magazine is no longer the corner post. The magazine is now one of the corner posts, you know, and obviously they feel like, well, they probably won't really lose much audience because it's only the older guys that are still getting it. They know who their subscribers are. You know what I mean? So, well, you know, and you think about the world changing too. We're going to electric vehicles and hydrogen, yeah, and yeah. you know, the, the V8's dying. There's only a couple of vehicles that have V8s anymore, and people can't really work on their cars. And Hot Rod was all about working on your cars, and, you know, and yeah. Motor Trend back in the day was about how fast could this go and doing shootouts and all those kind of things. And we're losing the fun part of the industry. Yeah. And I know I'm talking like an old person, but the bottom line is. We are, and I think the enthusiasts are kind of going away, and the people are still interested in purchasing new cars now, but we'll see how long that lasts because eventually everything will be the same. Yeah. So it's wow. it's just it's just crazy. It, it really is a, a different world. But yeah. Motor Trend, you know, has been around since 1949 is when they started, and they were responsible for the Car of the Year Awards, which pretty much begat all the other of the year awards. Right. And and so they, they made their claim, and they made their history, and Peterson Publishing, you know, he owned over 20-something magazines and these publications. He owned Skin Diver. He owned Boating. He owned, yeah. you know, Dirt Rider, Teen Magazine. He, he was a pretty varied, and he, he was a wonderful owner. 
And his wife, Margie, was an exceptional person. They were very, very great people. And, you know, it was a good time when you and I worked there to be part of the uh, Peterson Publishing. And I still have friends, and you do too, that that worked at the company. We have a Facebook page for Peterson employees. And it was just a different era, and you don't really find that anymore. And it's kind of sad. Yep. I have my uh, Motor Trend uh, uh, parking garage plaque here on the wall in my office. (laughs) All right, we'll take a break. BJ Colleen is here. Some more news from the industry after this. Stay with us. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And my buddy BJ Colleen here. The car industry is changing. We're watching it. The used car marketplace is whack-a-doodle, all I can tell you. You know, BJ, a friend of mine just uh, was buying a car last night. He says, uh, what do you think of this car? I go, yeah, that seems like a pretty decent deal. And I go, what's Blue Book on it? Kelly Blue Book. And he says, "Uh, 6,600. I go, huh? I go, that can't be right. He goes, no, I, I looked at it. I go, did you add for everything? He goes, yeah. He goes, I, I know how to use a blue book. And I went, well, wow. And of course, it's kbb.com on the web. But still, you have to take the base price and then you add for the miles or subtract for the miles. You add for the package. Make sure you have the right package. You add if it's got a moonroof or a sunroof or navigation, all these things. He does all this. And then I said, well, what are you paying for it? 8500 So 2000 over blue book value. So, yeah, the market is is going nuts. But uh, anyway, so you have a test drive review. What do you got? Yeah, the new car market's going nuts, too. I've been driving a lot of big SUVs lately, and I just got into the Toyota Grand Highlander Hybrid Max Limited all-wheel drive. (laughs) Take (laughs) a breath. And, you know, the Highlander's been a very popular vehicle for decades for Toyota. Hold on. Somebody's calling me. Hello? Hello? Toyota? Uh, Toyota, yeah, no, we're yeah. talking about it right now. It was the, the Toyota's calling saying, when are you going to get to that test drive? Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> All right. Thank you very Sorry, much. Goodbye. Yeah, go ahead. Like <laughs> but okay. uh, it's a big vehicle, but it's got hybrid, you know, for fuel savings, which I'm okay with because you're still getting a decent engine. This one was uh, pretty much the top of the line. $57,000 is tested. Ouch. Yeah. You know, uh, and it looked really good outside. Big vehicle, wouldn't fit in my garage next to my Corsair. So it's more the width, not the length. But there were seven trims of this vehicle, three gas models. So you can wow. get into the gas starting at 43000 which isn't bad. But the the top, top of the line, mine was second to top, the, is the Platinum Max. 
and they call it a midsize, but you know, it's pretty big and it does have three rows. What's nice is it was designed at the California Calty Studios and built in Princeton, Indiana. So it's it's an American vehicle, no doubt. Yeah. Seven passenger seating inside. It's almost as nice as the Lexus LX600 that we talked about. Very clean design. You know, it's a Toyota. You know, it's going to run well. You know, it's going to look good. You know, it's going to be dependable. And I've never been like the biggest fan of Toyota vehicles, but the more I drive them, the more I'm starting to really appreciate their quality and their dependability. It had a nice big multimedia screen, very good ergonomics. They need to go and teach Mazda lesson on how to do that, right? Oh. I'm sorry. I know uh, Matthew Valbuena is a friend of ours, but yeah. they just have problems with Mazda's connectivity systems. 11-speaker JBL audio system, which you know me. I'm from the Ted Nugent School of Music. If it's too loud, you're too old. So I had it cranked up all the way. All the bells and whistles, rear hands-free lift gate in the back. Power-wise, the gas engine had 265 horsepower. That's just the base model. The Max I was in had 362 horsepower, 400 pound-feet of torque, plenty, plenty of muscle to move you down the road with being a big vehicle. And with all that, and you know me, I'm not light on the throttle. I got over 21 miles per gallon in the Max Hybrid. You know, even 10 years ago, that would have been 12 miles per gallon, Alan. Right. So. There is something to say about getting a hybrid vehicle in there. So uh, so let me just clarify. It's a hybrid, okay. and is it the first little bit of, you know, first 30 miles or whatever electric, or is it – how does Depends it Depends on how you drive. You okay, know that. So, so again, so if you drive – I live in a hilly area, so I didn't get the hybrid to kick in pretty much by itself unless I was going downhill. Right. But uh, Interesting. even – and I did a lot of highway driving because I put miles on the vehicles. Right. Uh, but around town, you know, it stayed in hybrid mode. It was pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. So, so what you're saying is basically when you're on the highway because, yeah, you get out of Las Vegas, you gotta, you're got you done with the hybrid part because you're going to yeah, be on the highway. Yeah, basically. But using, still, yeah. you, you got a pretty good-sized vehicle. I will say what, what they have gotten, with the exception perhaps, as you're saying, with Mazda, they've gotten right with a lot of these car companies is the multimedia entertainment systems. Yes. Huge. Gigantic. Yes. screens and you know um although i think there's something to be said about um driver distraction with some of these huge screens but right. that's you know to be determined so but you you like it and this grand highlander is clearly going to be a winner because everybody wants first of all these sport utility vehicles and they want them in hybrid form because they're more fuel efficient and a lot of good there but the fact that Toyota has such a good name for what they've done already with their hybrid systems, my guess is they've got to be number one in that space. I'm sure they are. You know, I have a neighbor who owns a Highlander, and I'd never met him before. He came over, he saw the car, and he's like, I love it. This is something I really want. So, you know, being the consummate journalist, we let them sit inside. I mean, I didn't take him for a ride or anything, but he liked it. He sat yeah. inside of it. And Toyota owners are really, really loyal. And if they get this vehicle they will not be disappointed there's no question toyota grand highlander with all the options 50 some odd thousand bucks <laughs> that's get that's the new norm you know yeah. uh bj thank you thank you thank thanks you. alan sad to hear about the uh, motor trend and hot rod going to quarterly Me but too. that's the way it goes all right uh we've got another hour do not go anywhere we'll be right back This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Celebrating the 16th annual Subaru Share the Love event, going on now through January 2nd. For every new Subaru purchased or leased during the event, Subaru will donate a minimum of $300 to charities like the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. 
To learn more, go to Subaru.com share. Subaru, more than a car company. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News, exclusive interviews, real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, it is Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you guys are all having a lot of leftovers and maybe have a few naps today. (laughs) Brian Moody now joining us from autotrader.com and kbb.com. He's the executive editor uh, was at the L.A. Auto Show. I didn't go because I went to the F1 race, as everybody knows, because I had that at the beginning of the show. But anyway, uh, I saw you on the television a couple of times, you busy guy. So give us a little input on what uh, what you think of the L.A. Auto Show. Well, I am just about ready to begin my long winter's nap that will last from Thanksgiving <laughs> until New Year's. Right, so, there you go. <laughs> with a small wake-up for Christmas. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. I went to the Los Angeles Auto Show. Um, you know, there weren't as many automakers as there have been in the past, but right. it continues to be an important and uh, worthwhile show for people who live in Los Angeles. I'm sure you've seen online comments about like, well, well, there's no newsworthy events, brother. It's for consumers. Right. It's for car shoppers. It's not for Steven Stewie's car blog. Right. so here's a few of the things that you could see at the El Auto Show and it actually is continuing through this weekend so that's worthwhile if you happen to live nearby or you're going to be traveling one thing that's kind of coming to light is that Hyundai's new N cars you know how they have the Elantra N which is a high performance version right well now they have the Ionic 5N which they're applying that high performance formula to an electric car. So I think it's kind of cool that you have this high performance treatment for both gas and electric cars. The electric version of the Ionic 5 gets this matte blue paint with orange stripes, 21 inch wheels and a 641 horsepower output. That's pretty impressive. And that was making its debut there at the auto show, but also at the auto show, this idea that you can now buy a Hyundai on Amazon. Starting in 2024, you can configure and shop for your Hyundai on Amazon.com. Now, yeah, it totally. doesn't, that's not going to just show up in a van on your doorstep because buying cars is more complicated than that and there's laws. So a dealer will ultimately have to be the selling entity of record, but you can go on Amazon and configure and shop dealer inventory. That's kind of cool. And as part of that deal, uh, again, related to Hyundai, By 2025, all Hyundais will have Amazon Alexa software included as part of it. So you can say stuff like, you know, take me to IHOP and I want to get pancakes or turn down the temperature or find the song by Michael Stanley Band. I don't know, something like that. So Alexa (laughs) will be in the the car by 2025. Yeah. That's for Hyundai. And? That's it. That's all that was there. Just one booth. Oh, you're nah, kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, other, here's other uh, worthwhile stuff. The uh, Lucid Gravity. Yeah. Are you familiar with this? This is the 
SUV version of the Lucid Air. So the Lucid Air is a sedan. The Lucid Gravity, they call it an SUV, and it does sit a little high off the ground. But if you lowered it two inches, I think we would all call it a wagon or a shooting brake. Oh, you know, in Europe, yeah. they that's exactly what it looks like to me. Remember the original Chrysler Pacifica? Right. Yep. Not the van, but the six-passenger, three rows of two seats thingy suv thingy yeah that's what the lucid uh, now uh, don't get me wrong i'm not saying that the lucid gravity looks anything like a chrysler it's really pretty it's nice looking but it just has that vibe like a tall wagon instead right. of a true suv right so that's cool yeah yeah not, nothing wrong with that yeah and back to hyundai the new santa fe now looks super cool boxy blocky they even introduced their new all-wheel drive, off-roady version, and they're going to brand, Hyundai's going to brand their uh, off-road gear stuff. I believe it's XRT. Mm. I, might, I might be getting that wrong, but um, that plus a new Toyota Camry at the LA Auto Show. All, All right. Camrys are now hybrid. Hold on. So you know. Hold on. Let's talk about that because... To me, I don't know why all cars aren't hybrid, but that's a good conversation for the other side of the break. Uh, You can find a lot of information about the LA Auto Show and all of what's going on at autotrader.com. Brian was on TV all over the place in Los Angeles for the LA Auto Show. Um, Hold on. Yes, please. Lightly toasted cranberry sauce. Uh, It's time for lunch over here, even though it's breakfast time. We'll be right back. Happy uh, Thanksgiving to everybody. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Up and down this road. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America. Brian Moody is here from autotrader.com. He was at the Los Angeles Auto Show and on doing uh, all kinds of TV hits as the voice for Auto Trader and KBB, Kelly Blue Book, kbb.com. Uh, he just said something on the way into the commercial break on the other side there about all Camrys will now be hybrids. I yep. personally, Brian, think that's brilliant. What's wrong with yeah. that, right? Nothing. Uh, I think some people are going to say, well, they missed the V6. And I agree, the V6 Camry is pretty spectacular. But, you know, uh, listen, I don't know what the clean air goals are. I don't know what the quality of the air is now. I don't know what the numbers are that tell us where we need to get. And I don't know how electric cars help us accomplish that on what timeline. But I do think that it's fair to say less pollution is a good thing. 
And, you know, as much as I love like a Hellcat or an SRT or something like that, I think those cars should still be available. Yep. But does it make sense to sit in traffic and idle in those as your commuter car? Probably not. It makes sense to have fun with it on the weekends or to a track or that kind of stuff. So for cars like the Camry to become hybrid, like you said, it just makes sense. And I bet you it's going to feel a lot quicker than the V6 version because those electric motors, um, and by the way, you can get a Camry that has three electric motors, one for each front wheel and one for the back wheels, Mm. which would be an all-wheel drive. It's going to make it feel a lot quicker than even the V6. Right. It's an electric boost, you might say. The thing is that, you know, when you're, like you said, you're idling along, if you're in city, you get better fuel economy in the city because technically a lot of times you're using the, a little bit of electricity to move yourself from light to light to light in traffic. So I just, like, like I said, data has to be the deciding factor of this. How many people are buying the hybrid versions of these and they're just going, you know what? Screw it. Let's just make them all hybrid. Nobody's going to care the difference because people that are buying Camrys are buying a car to get to work and back and reliability. So, um, and Camrys have always been incredibly yeah. reliable. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, good there's news. There's also, also yeah. a new Subaru Forester. We mm-hmm. saw that in Los Angeles. Yep. That looks pretty cool. And there's also two concept cars. Remember that? Remember concept cars? Oh, used to make these. <laughs> oh, I know. I was surprised. I was like, thank you. Leave it to Kia to give us concept cars. They have the Kia EV4 and the Kia EV3 as concept cars, they're basically, you know, additional electric vehicles. One of them, the EV3, looks like it makes a lot of sense. It's a small SUV, upright roof, tall back, open cargo area, fully electric car that didn't look like it would be super expensive because it's based on the size. I don't believe it's going to have some 500 mile range, but that will keep the price down. So that was one of the things that was worth seeing at the Los Angeles Auto Show. And then at the same time, Kia is introducing a new Kia Forte, which is of course a gasoline powered car. So you see there's like, there's balance. There's enough of everything to make it, you know, make it worthwhile. Camry being hybrid. And remember the Sienna is also all hybrid now. So if you want a Toyota Sienna, Toyota minivan, only way it comes new is as a hybrid. Yeah, I rented one a couple years ago, hybrid was really impressed with it had to drive from seattle down to southern california because uh christmas time there was a bunch of uh mistakes with uh, booking flights and what <laughs> so i just rented a minivan and drove you know and i gotta yeah. tell you it was like wow what a nice machine that was listen i have no problem with hybrids i at least you have the best of both worlds so right. to me, you know, I, I think that's this well, is all good see, news. You know, yeah. uh, what Motor Trend car of the year is? Uh, it's the Toyota Prius. Oh, that's right. That's right. And did you hear? Yeah. I just heard. Did you hear that Motor Trend mm-hmm. is going quarterly? I just heard that from BJ. They're going. No, I didn't know that. Yes, they're going quarterly, and so is Hot Rod Magazine. Oh my gosh! Breaking news. Yeah. Breaking news. Okay, <laughs> one last car from the LA Auto Show. This is the one I would actually drive home if it was my choice. It's the Genesis GV80 Coupe. Of course, it's not really a coupe. It's a four-door, but it has a coupe-like profile. So instead of the squared-off back, it kind of swoops down, Mercedes-Benz CLS style, if you remember that one. I just think Genesis is hitting it out of the park. Every Genesis I see, 
I'm impressed. Every Genesis I drive, impressed. Every time I get into one of those, super impressed. Genesis, great luxury cars. Yeah, I agree. I think Genesis has done a fantastic job. They get, you know, they get the prize for uh, the new car company that's come out, and everybody seems to love them. You know. Um, all right, don't go anywhere. Brian Moody, AutoTrader.com. You can find all kinds of information about the LA Auto Show there. We'll take a little break and come back and see what else he's got on his agenda. AutoTrader.com. This is The Drive. Don't go anywhere. In my only worry was for Christmas what would be my door. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And my buddy Brian's on the line. Brian Moody, autotrader.com, executive editor, and kbb.com. Uh, 10 best used cars that gets 40 miles to the gallon. This at least 40 miles per gallon. At least. Holy mackerel. Even some that get higher. Wow. What do well, you got? So you're talking about how hybrids are worthwhile, right? Yeah. Listen to this. Yeah. If you get a used 2017 to 2022 Hyundai Ionic Hybrid Blue, you know what the MPG on that thing is? No, but I bet it's up there. Close to 60. <laughs> That's awesome. 60 miles per gallon. You're probably going to get 58, 59 combined, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, right? this is why we should be talking about hybrids more. Nobody's talking about what does it look like if every car on the road gets 60 or 70 miles per gallon? Yeah. What does the air quality look like then? Right. And by the way, what are those air quality metrics? Let's hear those. I'd like to see those in numbers. Yeah. But yeah. here are some used cars. These aren't expensive. Toyota Prius L Eco, 56 miles per gallon. Wow. Should be a relatively affordable car. Hyundai Elantra Hybrid Blue, 54 miles per gallon. So that's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit bigger, I think, than the Ionic Blue, but I'm not certain of that. Honda Insight, you get a used Honda Insight 2019 to 2022, 52 miles per gallon. Toyota Corolla Hybrid 2020 to 2021, 52 miles per gallon. That's awesome. Camry Hybrid, not the new one. We just had the new ones all hybrid, but the 2018 Camry Hybrid, 52 miles per gallon. Even if you want an SUV, Kia Nero FE from 2021, 50 miles per gallon. 2017 to 2021 Honda Accord Hybrid, 48 miles per gallon. The Malibu Hybrid, remember that one? Yeah. 2017 to 2019. Decent-sized sedan that would accommodate a small family, 46 miles per gallon. <laughs> wow. And even the RAV4 Hybrid, not even the plug-in, just the RAV4 Hybrid, 40 miles per gallon for a small SUV or yeah. mid-sized SUV. That's where people should be looking. That's my opinion. Well, you know what? Uh, the reason why this is so important to talk about, I'll bet not one person that's listening, because I didn't know, there are that many vehicles that get over 40, between 40 and 60 miles to the gallon. And many over 50. Yeah. On the marketplace yeah. that are you know a few years old that are actually affordable to buy, because buying new right now is 
it's wackadoodle. And then it's only going to get worse because of the fact that, you know, they had those strikes. Right. And they had to, well, at least the right. American automakers had to settle with all these settlements. What's that going to do? Mary Barra is like, she's sweating in her boots right now because her, her numbers were not good. And she just had to make this big old deal with the UAW. So there are some options. And I remember you and I talking just a few years ago, like, I don't know, five years ago or so. We were like excited to hear 40 miles to the gallon. There was a few yeah. that would squeak over. But look at that list. Man, that's I mean, fantastic. you can get a 40 mile per gallon car right now, 40 miles per gallon highway. And it's not even a hybrid. Like, right. That's right. the thing is, why aren't we talking more about the efficiency of gasoline powered cars, better emission controls? better mpg cleaner gas that's so, all led to cleaner air the one of the smart things that ford motor company did when they came out with that little maverick car truck it's like a truck on a car yeah. platform first of all they made it drive like a car because it is on a car platform but you're still driving a yeah. truck right so yeah. it's 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 brilliant but the entry level model was a hybrid the entry level model and it was like well th they probably sold more because that was the the uh, the cheaper one, I guess you might say. And then they went up from hybrid. They added more, you know, glitz and glamour. But I think that was really smart. So to your point, yes, they they do make a lot more sense than just a, a yeah. normal, natural, just a regular internal combustion engine. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay, you had one last thing to talk about. I can't remember what yep. it was. What was it? Black Friday deals. Oh so yeah, of course Black Friday yeah, it was yesterday. Passed, <laughs> but these deals, this is the way car incentives work. It's going to stretch into December for most of these. If you want one of these, check them out. Buick Invista. That's a small SUV. Yeah, cute luxury SUV. Thing. Yeah. It's about a $22,000 car, but you can lease one for $179 a month for 24 months with $3,800 down. I always yeah. say look for the financing or look for zero down leases because that's the best way to go because you will not get that money back. Right. But still a good deal. Uh, Honda Ridgeline, 0% APR for 36 months. Mm, wow. Hyundai Santa Fe, 0% APR up to 60 months. And that's for the 2023 model, by the way. Mm. 2023 Kia Soul, lease for 219 a month with $2,700 down or $2,800 down. Mazda CX-50, 2.9 APR for 36 wow. months. 2024, most of these are 2023s because they want to get rid of them. Uh, 2024 Mazda CX-50 and 2024 Nissan Altima. The Altima, 0% APR for 36 months. Remember, not that long ago, all the low APR was going away. Right. And now it's coming back. Yeah. Uh, Ram 1500, that's a worthwhile vehicle. Yeah. 2.9 APR for up to 72 months. Wow, now there you oh go. Oh my gosh, they're giving money away. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, 2024 Subaru Crosstrek, it's about a $25,000 car. $2,500 down, 299 a month for 36 months. That's actually the best one on this list. Mm, mm, the Subaru mm. is like the best of both car and crossover, right, SUV. It's not really an SUV, but it's not really a car either. But 2500 bucks down and 300 bucks a month, that's that's pretty. That's a pretty good car for yeah. what that is. Well, when the average then, car payment right now, by the way, is like six or $700 or something like that, which is crazy. Last one, go ahead. Last one is the 2023 Corolla, 239 per month, $3,200 down. Uh, all these deals can be found at autotrader.com. Black Friday deals going all the way through December. So, uh, Brian, thank you very much. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. Brian Moody, autotrader.com. You can find him there. He's the executive editor coming up next. Lorne Fix. We'll be right back. Stay with us. I don't
by with my tail in the Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. All right. Lauren Fix says to me in the commercial break, she says, I heard you guys talking about the, uh, what is it, the Ionic 5. I drove it. I'm like, ah, well, yeah, we didn't. There wasn't. We couldn't say much, Lauren. Lauren's from CarCoachReports.com. We couldn't say much because he only saw it. You drove it. The Hyundai right. Ionic 5 in, which is the performance version on an electric car, which I think is interesting. Maybe give me a little insight. Well, you know, it's funny. One of the interesting things is, as a world car juror, it's a world car finalist for the performance car of the year. Mm. So they brought it to the world car drive, which happens just prior to the LA Auto Show. Gotcha. So... My friend Jens Miner, who you may or may not know, he's from Germany, said, hey, listen, I got the car. You want to go for a ride? Everybody wanted to drive it. Everybody. So we went up to Angel's Crest, which is if you're ever in the L.A. area, it's all those curvy roads up oh, in the yeah. mountains. Yep. There's no cell service, which is probably a good thing, distractions. And you get out there and you just hammer down. And I'll tell you, I had a lot of doubts because I'm not really a, an electric car lover. But if you had started electric cars this way, I think they would have sold more of them. Right. And they are having trouble selling them. And the reason I say that is this car was an Ionic 5. No big deal. But then in the center screen, you could press a button that said Ignite. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Ignite. What does this mean? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. It's on inside the car, not outside the car. It sounds exactly like you had some big, nasty V8 engine in there. Just burbling, resonating, downshifting. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh my God, whoever did this did the programming is a car guy. That is without so question. funny. It was so well done and handled better than the uh, EV6 GT. Wow. Now, I was now, pretty impressed with that. So so let me just clarify, it only made these sounds on the inside of the car. Right. So while everyone was thinking, oh, this works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very interesting. You heard the burbling, the back kicking, and the, the yeah. rev matching and everything in the car. And there were three settings. One was the silent, typical EV. Right. Soulless, missing something. Right. The second one sounded like a rice burner. Like a, you know what I mean? Like a, yeah. a Japanese car that, that someone put some 
big can on the back and it's like some tuner car. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that's okay, but it's not that. Synthetic. And then the third mode was Ignite and it sounded like a V8. And I'm like, oh, now so. we're talking. Well, and but it had like 600 and some odd horsepower, right? Right, but, you know, you can have the horsepower in all of these electric vehicles. You can just, you know, boost the battery and everything. Right. But you, typically, they're pretty soulless. You know, you right, get in the right. car, it's like, all right, I'm going fast. I sense the speed. Yeah, they're all the same with different bodies. But this was different. This was designed so that the driver experienced the sound of an exhaust that didn't exist. So, <laughs> outside the car, right. I had Jens rub the engine. And I'm like, you know, you know, hit the gas pedal or whatever. And he's like... You don't hear anything out here. It was really wild. <laughs> so it was engine. really well designed and extremely creative. Yeah. Obviously, there's German designers there. They know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, they thought, let's make the experience a real driver's car. I think they're going to have really good luck with it. Interesting. Now, there's other cars in the category, and we're not down to our final three for world car yet. Yeah. But I'll tell you, that was pretty impressive. Someone called it a Porsche without the German logo. Oh, boy. So that, that's a pretty bold statement. And there's people from all around the world, so we hear different things from other media, you know, from Germany and Poland and right, Middle right. East and yeah, India. Yeah. So it was kind of cool to get different opinions, and everybody thought it was a pretty neat piece. So this is because the Hyundai Ionic 5 with the letter N, as in nitro, yeah. but it's electric, and right. it has – so uh, you didn't go to SEMA this year, which a lot of people didn't, which is interesting. That's the aftermarket, the Specialty Equipment Market Association. Right. So Borla Exhaust had this same kind of a thing for the Lightning, the F-150 Ford Lightning, where you could mm -hmm. dial in three or four, I think five different engines – and let me tell you, it sounded awesome, but it was the outside of the car they were focusing on. Where you're talking about ah. this, they focused on the inside to make it sound like the sound that a, a big V8 would make, only on the inside. And by the way, I love that here it is, Thanksgiving weekend, and I can hear your granddaughter in the background. I love that. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> she's crying because she's mad at me because I'm on the phone with you and I'm not giving her 100% attention. Oh, it's so awesome. But I'm cooking at the same time. As I'm talking, I'm stripping time from the leave. So That's too funny. What we do, I'm still a mom. I'm still a, still a mother. So yes, right. I'm Gigi, not grandma. Grandma's yep. an old lady. I am not an old lady. So. Oh, my gosh. All right. So you drove the car, though. But last thing, did it handle up to the, your expectations of a true sports car on this Ionic 5? Yes, it did. Wow. Yeah, it did. Wow. I was really impressed. Did I took it through the corners. I race cars professionally. I, yep. used, I used to anyhow. Now I'm just kind of playing around. But uh, I'll tell you, I was pretty impressed. Amazing. You can tell German designers were involved in this. But oh, yeah. We rode with an engineer, and he wouldn't tell us much because we're not supposed to know much. Right. But I was impressed. Yeah. Well, very interesting. All right. Let me take a break and uh, give you a chance to go and, and check on your, uh, your granddaughter there, Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back we're talking with lauren fix she is with carcoachreports.com she is the publisher you can find out more information on the web carcoachreports.com but she also has a great youtube channel uh you guys should check out lots of videos lots of test drives i wish i could do as much as she does i don't know how she does it uh also on twitter at lauren fix you can find her she's all over the place we'll be right back it is the drive stay with us
This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru, celebrating the 16th annual Subaru Share the Love event, going on now through January 2nd. For every new Subaru purchased or leased during the event, Subaru will donate a minimum of $300 to charities like the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. To learn more, go to Subaru.com share. Subaru, more than a car company. She's a racer. She is a automotive journalist extraordinaire. Her website is Car Coach Reports. You can find uh, her YouTube channel with so many reviews, video reviews of the cars if you want to see what they look like. Um, she She's a grandma. Uh, Gigi, sorry. Uh, and here we are, <laughs> Thanksgiving. So she's got the, the grandkid. I love that. I can hear it. Yeah, my background. daughter is out shopping, you know, the day after yeah, Thanksgiving. Right. Big shopping day. Can't yeah, miss it. I you know. know. It's so awesome. All right. What else? What about, can you talk to us a little bit? The last time we talked, we talked about uh, NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board, trying to impose mm-hmm. these speed limiters and all these different things. How is that going? Well, you know, it's funny. The National Traffic Safety Board decides based on surveys and all these results, you know, what, what should we suggest to the national, to the DOT? What should we decide to all these different entity entities that are government? And so they're suggesting that there's speed limiters, more severe penalties for speeding, more restrictions on speeding, and not just an audio. If you go over the speed limit, but vibration in the seat and the steering wheel, and a light that like flashes to get you going. And if you continue breaking the law, they want to do more punishment than just take away your license or, you know, make you go to school or any of that silliness. Yeah. And we're getting to the point that the controls are out of control. I remember when I used to like to go go-karting and there was certain go-kart tracks around that you would go to and, and they were like speed limited and, and it was just, it took all the fun out of it. Cause every now and then you want to find a little twisty road and, and just go have a little fun. Like you just talked about in that, the Angeles Crest Highway there in that Ionic 5. You know, there are some places, uh, Tale of the Dragon, there's some places people like to, the Nürburgring, places people yeah. like to go and drive a little bit aggressively. And But to be able to not even have the ability to do that, and as we've talked before, what about emergencies? My wife's having a baby or, you know, you, your friend cuts off his arm or God knows what, and you need to get him, rush him to the hospital. I'll tell you what. That, You're talking uh, about kill switches. That was what we were talking about last week. Well, but this it, is speed limiters, too. Study. Yeah. No, I know. So this is where, this is another one. This is NTSB. They're a suggestive board. So the, this would go with the kill switches. Yeah. The kill switch one's in play. We have no recourse on that right now. God. I'm working with a couple of different groups trying to get some funds to maybe convince some politicians to change their minds. So we'll see what we can do. Because, you know, it has all has to do with how much are you going to put in my kitty for me to get reelected? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you now. You know how that goes, oh right? Oh, my God, I know. So that's kind of what we're looking at, trying to figure out a way. Maybe that's what we have to do to get these guys to start looking at things a little differently. And that's probably the truth, because politicians are all about getting reelected. That's yeah. all they're looking at. They're not looking at anything else. It's sad. And that's a concern. 
Because for you and I, we're like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know. You, you don't drive. We drive. Yeah. You know? Well, I think so that, that's part of the issue. I think all these types of things like the speed limiters and the kill switches and all these things, you know, red light cameras and all the stuff that is, that is like Big Brother constantly on us is going to make the enthusiast car market and, and racetracks even more popular there are now racetracks like you have golf courses, you have race courses where you join the race course. Like the, there's one called Apex in uh, Arizona that are my friends. And I'm, right. you know, I, I, I think this is brilliant. It's, it's going to give birth to a, a place to go play, play with our cars, I guess we can say. As long yeah. as you can shut off the kill switch, the nannies, yeah. the speed limiters, well, there you go. warning, all the rest of the crap <laughs> yeah. they're putting on these cars. Yeah. Drives me crazy. You know, you look at a new Porsche and you're like, oh, this is awesome. But wait, yeah. if you're going too fast, it kills the car. Well, Who's making these decisions? It's all know, done by AI, and that's what they want. They want more government intervention to control everything you do in every way. And the yeah. only thing we can do get a hold of the people we elect and say, listen, we know you want to get reelected. How yeah. about we support you if you support us? That's yeah. not what we want. <laughs> Don't do this because somebody's convincing you. We're telling you, if you want to get reelected, this is how it goes. And FEMA does that. They do a lot. They put a lot of money into, into lobbying and sort of other companies. But really, we really need to get out there and let them know that we're watching you. Mm. Looks like you're watching us. That's right. Well, uh, both ways. Again, I think, you know, you look at some of these cars that they build that are a million and two million dollars, some of the super high end um, Bugattis and things like that. Who's going to have a use yeah. for that when the car is all speed limited and it's got the kill switches and all that garbage on it? It just becomes a, a pretty good looking car. But why put a big old giant engine in it and all that? So all us enthusiasts, all the cars that we've been buying and collecting and things like that, they're going to continue to go through the roof look what's happening to the demons that we've bought you and i both bought one oh, and carl bought one i mean i bought it because yeah I a thousand demon yeah i know can't drive it <laughs> she just got hers but yeah well you know it's because it's the holiday weekend you i wouldn't drive, drive it. it in the winter i, I live know. in buffalo it doesn't yeah. make sense <laughs> i think that's hilarious but because of these laws and things like this that's why people are paying a hundred thousand dollars over window sticker for some of these or more i saw yeah I think I saw one at two, almost two over. Two, uh, yeah, I saw but one I, for I, three, three hundred and some odd thousand dollars. It's absurd. That's crazy. Yeah, but it's absurd. If you can't get them, and they're not going to produce the numbers that people want because they want collectible, it's got to have history, which it definitely has. Yeah, it has to be super rare and hard to get, and people want those because even if you put no miles on them, and you have them sitting in your collection, they're going up in value. I love that I can hear your grandchild in the background playing and making noise. I'm sorry. No, she, it's I love it. She's for a nap, and she's just <laughs> not a happy it. camper right now. I love of the course, fact. As soon as I hang up the phone with you, she'll be out cold. She hears my voice. She's thinking, ah. <laughs> I think this is hilarious. Look, at, there's not enough nuclear family anymore. You know, the families are just getting blown apart. And I love the fact that you are able to continue doing your job. That's the world that we live in. We are we live in an enthusiast world right now, you and I, that we can literally yep. continue to live our lives and have fun and have our family around us and do Thanksgiving weekend while we're doing our job. And that's a rare thing. The average person in an office not able to do that. 
Um, I think it's true. Great. That's true. All right, I've we're going to take a break. a long time working from home. When the kids were in middle school, I knew I had to work from home. Because <laughs> you know what happens to kids that are home in middle school and parents aren't home? Yeah. They get in trouble. Oh, for sure. you got to be so at home. I knew my kids would. So I'm like, okay, here's the deal. I'm working from the house. And it never ended. Carcoachreports.com. Check out our website. If you're a car enthusiast or you want to know the news and the truth, Check out Lauren Fix. She is uh, a truth teller. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, you're listening to The Drive. It is the uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Lauren Fix is on the line. Got her grandchild in the background. You may hear every now and then running around crazy playing. A, well, well uh, her mom is uh, shopping because of Black Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Black Friday weekend, you might call it, after Thanksgiving. Um, Lauren, I said something there that was absolutely the truth. You talk about things. You are fearless and talk about a lot of things that other journalists um, don't really like to talk about in the enthusiast side of things. But I think that some of this stuff needs to be talked about. It's important for people to understand the impact that some of these vehicles, like electric cars, because they like to talk about the gas guzzlers, hot rods and things like that, and pollution. But these electric cars are not without pollution. They have their own form of it, don't they? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Constantly monitoring both sides to see, you know, what people are saying. And if it's true, and there's something to back it up, I think we should talk about it. And if, if it's just hype, yeah, there's plenty of hype. We all hear hype, but the mainstream media is not talking about the facts. It's like they're all, it's almost, if it was anything else, you'd go, they're getting paid off. Right. That's possible. But they're all drinking the Kool-Aid of, oh, electric vehicles are the answer. And they make it seem like every car on the road is electric. And I was in L.A., and I was driving around. I had a Genesis GV80, which I really like. Yep. It was a 24, fully loaded, top of the line. I'm like, this could work for anybody. And it's gasoline-powered. It's not a hybrid. And um, I'm looking around to see how many EVs I see. And there really wasn't as many as the news makes you believe. I would say I saw more Teslas than anything. in a random, like, EV6. A random Porsche. But overall, there really wasn't a lot of electric vehicles in the highways. And I remember the 10 is shut down because it was an ex- some sort of bridge failure. Right. And, in Los um, Angeles, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of traffic. Every lane was full. No matter, I landed on a Sunday, the Sunday before the LA Auto Show. Spent the whole week there. 
I spent a lot of time looking for, like, actually looking to see electric cars. That's not the case. Don't let anyone convince you of that. But, you know, as I'm looking at more research and I keep sniffing around to see what's going on, I'm talking to people, just normal, everyday people, just an average conversation. They know electric cars aren't going to work for them because of the range, because of the charging infrastructure. And even at the World Car, at the hotel we were staying at in Pasadena, there were eight charging stations. One of them was working. One. So don't let people kind you into that. But as I found this interesting study that might interest your people, it came out of the U.K., but there's also matching studies in Germany and in the U.S., and it says electric vehicles cause twice the road damage of gasoline vehicles. And I thought, how was that? Well, we know they weigh more. That's a fact. There's no one disputing that electric vehicles have more weight to them than regular cars. So on the highways, where there's lots of tractor trailers, they're used to the higher weight. So, yeah, it does more damage to the roadway, but not like it's so much. But where the damage really is is on the side roads in the little villages where you don't bring a tractor trailer, mm. where very rarely they might come to, like, a moving van. Right. And the damage is quite substantial that it's 2.24 times more stress on the roadway than a car. And wow. so what that means is more potholes, more damage to the bridges, to the roads, to the side roads. And they're saying that the average electric vehicle and the 15 most popular weigh twice as much as their gasoline counterpart. Look at that. <laughs> Man. Yeah. And those are facts. You can, I mean, I'm, I'm not making this stuff up. These are real numbers, okay? So when you think, okay, so what's the impact of the cost? About $80,000. This is what it says. The Alliance estimated that the cost could mean that nearly $80,000 in additional costs will go on top of to repair your local roads and bridges. So that means increased taxes. And there's also going to be a by-the-mile tax, which many states, even Iowa, just put in play, all to cover the cost of the damage to the roadway. Because if you're buying gasoline, you pay a gas tax. That's supposed to go, and not every state, it doesn't in New York, supposed to go into the roads and bridges. Well, and and it's, so now realizing electric cars or cars that get better fuel economy, they're not going to have as much impact, so we'll just tax them. Right. Well, but remember, you're the one that reported on this, how because they are so much heavier, they also don't want them in certain parking garages and old buildings and things like that. And so there's yeah. just it just keeps adding up and adding up, and it's just like, oh, my gosh. I don't know what we've gotten it's ourselves into. You know? you know? Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's crazy. I, I think it's really important to watch it. And this is with civil engineers and environmental engineers have all done this work. One guy, the director of the University of Tennessee, said that the higher weight is 30%. Of course, you can make your percentages up based on what vehicles you're looking at. Obviously, a Hummer EV is going to weigh more than right. a Kona EV. Right. But if you look at the numbers, you realize the impact is, is pretty substantial, and somebody's going to pay for this, which means yep. everybody has a higher tax. There you Everyone go. Everyone pays by the mile, and you still pay your gas tax. Oh, no, boy. Well, happy, happy Thanksgiving weekend to you. Go take care of that little baby, and uh, God bless you I and your you family. I asleep. <laughs> Lord Fix, thank you. All right, thank you. You're Happy the, Thanksgiving, everyone. Yep, you're the best. All right, carcoachreports.com. I'm Alan Taylor. Happy Thanksgiving. See you next time. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. 
Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.